Thank you, Jesus. Again, thank you for being here, you guys. It's an amazing Sunday morning. Thank you for being here on the long weekend. It's interesting. We have trouble filling this, um, trying to get people in because there's so many people. On long weekend, it doesn't seem as hard to get uh, make this 50-50 thing work and our campuses and stuff. So, glad you're here because you guys are the faithful ones, right? And the Borthwicks, they're, they're faithful, but they're hanging out. Uh, they needed a vacation. They're hanging out in the shoe swap, having a great time as a family. So, Lord, we just bless them there too, right? Come on, come on. Lord, let's just pray. I just feel like, yeah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Lord God, that you're upon the throne. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. Lord, I just right now just invite heaven to come in an increased measure in this room, Lord God. Lord, make us more of aware that how real you are this morning, Lord God. Lord, let us have an expectation this morning, wherever we're at, that we could actually be changed from glory to glory this morning, God. Lord, that as we focus on you, as we put our back, our focus, and putting you in full authority on that throne, where you've never moved from, but actually acknowledging that you're on that throne this morning, that things are expected to change in our lives. Because everything comes in alignment when we do that. So, Lord, we just praise you and glorify you. And we bless everyone watching right now, too, that you are connected here in our satellite campus, on the Internet, in your homes right now. We pray that also that this would not, there's no separation in the Spirit. So we pray that, Lord, there would be visitations, encounters wherever you're at this morning and whenever you're watching. In Jesus' name. Whew. I'm here to tell you guys that it is a good day to be alive. Who here? Come on. Give me some noise here. Come on. We got to wake up here. Oh, yeah. Let me just scroll down. I'm, ex I'm excited. I just uh, feel that God is going to break through another realm today, another place in our lives. I feel that God wants us just to get excited again. And you know what? I actually want to encourage you guys that we actually can get hyped up in Jesus. Ooh, I felt to say that just because I like going after spiritual religious things. Ooh, don't, what did the preacher tell us to get hyped up? Yes, get excited. I saw people get excited in Vancouver because the Canucks made to game seven. Were they hyped? Yes. It's okay to get excited sometimes. Maybe if the church got excited here in Vancouver a little more, maybe the Canucks would win. Yeah. No, just kidding. No, God's good. God's good. No, for, for real though, sometimes it looks like the world understands when they rally around something, how exciting they get. Like they, they show it. I think church, we need to show it more. We say that all the time, but we need to. We need to. When people meet you, are they just ex excited? Are you just excited and expecting that there is game seven and you already know who won and that's Jesus? which makes you win, do they realize that when they meet you? Do they realize that you have the winning team in your pocket? Come on, all bets are in. I'll take a million to one for Jesus. Come on, you want to bet against him? You've already lost. I'm not, I'm not condoning betting there. Come on, you guys. Wake up in here. I'm just, we're just getting started here. Come on. Revelations 4.1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, and I'll show you things that must take place after this. We all know that's in Revelations, right? Guess what? What's the book of Revelation about? Yeah. Revelation chapter 1. No, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Church. Mm -hmm. We get so excited about the end. Let's get excited about what's going on now. Yeah. 
Jesus constantly was speaking that. Don't worry about what's next. What's going on today? And guess what? He's the, he kept on pointing back to the disciples. Everything he did, he kept on looking back. Hey, I'll teach you, and then let's see how you're going to do. Right? He's still doing the same thing, you guys. He still wants to see his body move with his authority. Because he loves it. He gets excited. You know how God, God is excited about what God's doing, what, he's, what the church is doing in this hour. He is. I'm going to tell you right now. We'll get into it. But some of you right now, from, I want you guys to get excited because God's actually happy with you. And he's still a good God. And guess what? He's not hiding underneath the throne because COVID showed up. He's not. He's going, church, you're the answer. I gave you the keys. You can find any other scientific solution, but we actually have the healing anointing. Because of what? Because Jesus paid the price. He died and rose again and defeated Satan. He defeated death. And guess what? He's still doing the same thing today. Come on. Come on. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Are you called to, according to his purpose? Yeah. Yes, that's you. So what? It's going to work out. You don't have to worry about the next lie or the next fear-mongering. You don't have to worry about the next thing. I'm not even saying. I'm not calling anything. I have to be careful. I'm not calling COVID a lie or whatever you want to take it, what you want. But I'm saying it doesn't matter. That's not supposed to shake you. We're not supposed to be that easily shaken, guys. Because like, like we were, oh, you guys, the prayer room downstairs today was on fire. And that's what came out. If we're on a foundation, if what? Is he the foundation? Right? And if, it's, if you're shaking, you're probably not on his foundation. Because his foundation never shakes. Today I want to get you guys excited and get expecting God to move through you, around you, in your families, in your situations. But we have to learn to expect again. We have to get out of focusing on what's not happening or focusing on CNN, Fox News, whatever other news. We've got to stop focusing there and get back to Jesus. It's a simple word, but it's the constant word that is constantly in history. If you study church history, it's, it's the same word. Get back to Jesus. It's that good. It's interesting. This week I was working out, and uh, I was on the good old elliptical machine, and I love, I press in all the time on that thing. I'm like, shun, da, da, ba, 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 right? And all of a sudden I go into this vision, and I see this man, and right away I knew this man represented the body of Christ. And he was, he was standing there. And in front of him was this huge shield, a supernatural shield. It was so cool. And darts are flying. It's like, bam, 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 bam. But it can't touch him. That's the church. But this is the situation. And he, the church looked like this. We were so like, wow, look at that arrow. Look at that one. Look at that one. And all of a sudden, I watched. He turned in a moment, got on his knees, and looked to Jesus. And the glory came over him. You guys, that's what I'm calling the church to. That's what God's calling the church to. Get your eyes off the darts. Who cares? Guess what? The shield was still, I could still see it. The shield was still there. The darts were still there, but they couldn't touch them. All they did, the biggest shift was in the mind. All of a sudden, instead of looking at that, they looked at Jesus. And all of a sudden, you could actually understand the glory again, the presence of God again. We got out of our situation. We got out of looking, and we said, okay, now God can move. God can move. 
Oh, can God move when you're staring at it? Yes. But there's something about when you choose to believe the word of God that says that it all works out for the good of those who love him. And you choose to say, I'm not going to live because the world's saying this this could happen. No, 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 no. My God says that I'm safe. I'm good. Guess why? Because the worst he can do to you is kill you. What's the worst thing COVID could do? Kill you. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's got, that's got nothing on you. Woo! It's got nothing. Come on. I want to say again, I bring this up a lot because I just, Genesis 2.9, and out of the ground the Lord gave, God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life is also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The question is, what tree are you eating from? And the good thing is, God actually had faith or believed or thought good of Adam and Eve enough into humankind to actually put two trees in the garden. Do you understand what I'm saying? He actually believes that we're going to choose the right tree. I want to tell you that. He believes you. He believes believes in you more than you ever could understand. Because he chose to bankrupt heaven, send Jesus for you. He actually, church, he put all his bets on you. I just said, who's going to bet for Jesus? I would. Guess what he did? He said, I'll bet for you. I'm going to give you you. It's your turn. It's your turn. Show the world my goodness. Show the world how good I am. Mm, Because he's good, you guys. And we got to get reminded of that again. God, we firmly here do not believe that COVID was created by God to like judge the world or something. He didn't. You know what he does? He uses all things. All things. In history, when we come under persecution, which if we call this persecution, we got a lot of ways to go here, church. Tell the rest of the world what persecution looks like. They, there's people living that way. Come on, if we get so caught up, oh, look at this COVID, it must be the end times, it must be the end of the world. You guys. Have you talked to somebody that grew up in China? Talk to so many people that live in these countries that are killing Christians for the last hundred years. Talk to these countries that they're gen- go right through killing people. Do you think they're like going, oh wow, COVID must be it now. This is the real persecution. Come on, you guys. Rise up, church. Let's get our focus on Jesus. I want to look to the author and perfecter of my faith. He's the only one. Acts 1, 3 to 8. After, this is uh, Jesus risen from the, from the grave. He is now hanging out with the apostles. After the sufferings of the cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth of God's realm and shared meals with them. Jesus struck them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift of the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. The Lord told me to go after Acts this week, the book of Acts. What did he say? He gave them instructions, specific instructions. We need to get our focus off the arrows and get back on our knees and find out what, what is he telling you today? What's not, not, not what he's telling Kevin. Not what he's telling Heike. What is he telling you? You're only accountable for what he's telling you, not for what he's telling anyone else to do. We get so focused on thinking we know everyone else's problem. We know everyone else's call, but we forget, hey, 
what are you ask? What are you asking me today, Lord? What are you bringing before me today? What are you? Where are you? What are you doing with me? What am I accountable for, Lord? I, oh man, I pray the church would get their eyes off everyone else, get their eyes back on themselves. Well, on Jesus. But find out. We need to know. Because you know what? We read later on in Acts what happens, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. How many didn't make it up in that room? How many didn't? It doesn't say much about that, but you know, because we're all humans and we've grown up in this world, you know there was people that did not stay the whole time. Right? Come on. And I bet you they're kicking themselves. Why didn't I stay? But you know how cool God is? He would still allow them to experience it if they came back. It's interesting because we know throughout Scripture, you have to find it where you're supposed to be because you don't want to miss it. So many times we get so busy and distracted with other things that we're missing what God is asking you to do. It's interesting, I had some discussions with people this week, and there's different times. Anyone, you guys all can look back in your own life. Isn't there times where you know, and it's almost scary, to be honest, you look back and go, oh man, what if I wouldn't have made that decision that day, and finally got it, because usually it took time, let's be honest, and said, shoot, I was totally in the wrong place. I thought I was, God put me in the desert, but I actually put myself in the desert. Whoa. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's shifted. I can tell you, if you actually sat down with me, there was times my whole life, even where I'm being here today, because I chose, I had to choose one day and say, oh, my word, those were lies I'm believing right now. I'm coming out of this thing, and I'm going to get fired up again, and I shifted, and within days, my whole life switched. Like, seriously, I've got testimonies of that things. We can't get our, guys, if you're in that place, choose today to step out of it. And I love it. We just talked about um, launching the life groups. We need to live in community. Because you know one of some of the biggest lies we're living? Oh, maybe I better be careful here. You know some of the biggest lies we live in? It's because we don't actually allow people to speak in our lives. So, in our right place, trying to do good. I'm just being honest here. Trying to do good. It's like, no, no, I just need Jesus. I don't need anyone else. I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. And then we, we think we hear Jesus say something. Or even better, Usually how it works is we tell Jesus said something. <laughs> Jesus told me this. Are you sure he told you that? Because we're all around you and we love you and think you're amazing, but I don't know if that's on. No, no, I'm convinced. You guys, so often, that's some of the biggest things you hear. No, no, Jesus told me. Well, how come no one around you believes it's Jesus and they're trying to be nice to you? Let's just be honest. And they're hinting. No, honest, because that's, those, when I just talked about, it, I, I don't have time to, discuss, to understand that explain that situation I'm really thinking about. I truly believe God told me something. And I'll tell you, and I, I, I purposely changed some things in my life as a, as a person because of this. I had people around me. They all knew it was wrong too and it wasn't in the right direction, but they didn't tell me because I thought I was so excited. You guys, we need to be real with each other, not be mean. We're not, and again, I want to I clarify, sometimes we hear something from the Lord that people aren't understanding. So it's not like, well, I know better. It's called getting wisdom. Let's get people that, not get people that just think they know it all. Get people that actually care for you enough to say, okay, I'm going to really go to the foot of Jesus and get help. I want to see. Because I don't understand. It doesn't seem like you're in the right direction, but maybe you are. Because guys, come on. 
We, gotta, we have to be honest with ourselves and sometimes look at it and say, you know what, God? I'm, I was convinced you said that, but I'm realizing you may be kind of were part of something, and I made it say it was you. Do you know what I'm say? I'm trying to be gentle here. Because we need to grow up. That not everything, thus saith the Lord, says this. You guys, we can miss it. And he still loves you. He still loves you. The, this is the God that, that he, he made, put Adam and Eve in the garden, they screwed up, and the very moment they screwed up, he worked on it, or had a plan already, we, I don't know, we don't know how it all worked, but instantly made sure that there was going to be a connection again. He, he made sure that his mankind would always have a way back to him. You know what? I would have thrown the human race out. Right? Come on, think about it. Like we, we have to start realizing God is not some human up there. Yes, we're made in image, but he's God. He's always existed. We can't even fathom that. We can't even fathom eternity properly. Mm. Every time they gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it, the, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He answered, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of the fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that has been prepared by his own authority. Wait a minute. Let's read that again. This is what the Father says to us. Jesus says, the Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and times for their fulfillment. What were they asking? They were saying, Jesus, aren't you now going to become the king now? Isn't it supposed to look like what we want? You guys, we got to find out what God's doing because it doesn't always look like the way we think it is. No, it's like we're so concerned about what's going to happen and we miss out today, guys. We're missing out our opportunity today. Jesus told his disciples, pretty much he's saying, stop worrying about the end and live today. It's like we said at the beginning. If we're not supposed to know the times, why are we so worried about them? Isn't that weird? We're so concerned that we need to make everything work for God. Think of this. It's funny. I switched the title of my message today. It was supposed to be uh, Kingdom Perspectives. Today I switched it to God Knows He's King. God knows He's King, you guys. Let that sink in for a minute. He already knows. He doesn't actually need you to tell Him. He knows His role. He knows who He is. He's never been insecure. He knows, and so often he's just saying, church, stop worrying so much about making me look good and just be my people. Because while you're so worried about that, you guys will keep on fighting with each other. <laughs> oh, wow. I can get myself in trouble here. But, you know, God is king. And he doesn't need anyone to tell him. He loves it. He loves it when we declare him king. Because you know what happens when we declare him king? We actually come into alignment with what already is happening. Because that's heaven. When you choose that Jesus is king, you're saying he is ruler of everything over me. And all of a sudden, things just come into alignment. Because that's how we were intended and created to be. Because when we come into the realm of the kingdom and choose to be in that place, everything happens. All of a sudden, you become the conduit of heaven. This morning, I was praying, and all of a sudden, just came in my mouth this morning, and I said, Lord, let me just stand where heaven meets earth. And all of a sudden, he was just bam, bam, and scripture verses of when, when with the Jacob's ladder and, and how when, when, when Jesus was, came, it talks about he became the ladder. He became the way. Isn't he the way? Hold on a second here. 
It's Matthew, Matthew 4, 14, 6. Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth. The truth. You know what the word actually means in the original? The true reality. The true reality. And I am the, the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. You guys want to know what the truth is? You need to go to Jesus. You guys, we don't need to get caught up. I am not against finding out facts. People know me. I love, uh, man, I have no problem debating back and forth where, what facts are. I have no problem with that. But I do know that I have to stay focused on him or else it just takes me down the wrong way. But there's a difference between truth and just causing people just to cause stir. No, I ask you, when you meet somebody, and because everyone knows. What, what do we all talk about these days? COVID. Mass. Not ma when you meet with somebody, make sure you know why you're talking about it. Are you bringing glory to God? Or are you just trying to get vent? Right? Are you coming with a solution? Come on. I was challenged yesterday. Donna told me of a certain minister that said, hey, we've lived in California for a long time. Just, just do what they're asking. Like, if God tells you to, this is the difference. We, we, Brent's talked about it. If we, if we feel that God says now it's time to fight it or whatever you want to call or declare or do something that may not be what they're telling us to do, then we'll do it when we have confirmation. At this point, we're doing 50. Why? Because are we scared? No! Because we're not fighting that battle. Like Jesus said, that's not the battle you guys are in. I've already won the battle. Stop worrying about making me king and destroying Rome. That's what they're saying. Come on, we're, get, they, and I would be right there. Come on, if you know me, I'd be right there. Come on, is it time to take out Rome? We see the crazy stuff you're doing. This is easy, just throw some fire and burn them all up. Right? Come on, they're talking to God. But instead he says, no, 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 no don't get caught up in that. It's interesting, I was reading this week, in Acts, I don't find anywhere in there where they're deciding and meeting. It's not like verse 5, they now met together to destroy Rome. No! They met together to discuss, what is God doing? Is this God? Are we supposed to circumcise or not circumcise? How come they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit and we don't even know how it's happening? They're discussing what, what heaven's doing. They're not worried. They're focused on Jesus. They're focusing on because they have met the Savior. They have met the Messiah, and they want the world to know what they know. So they have no time to waste fighting other battles. Acts 2.4, I love Acts 2. Uh, two. Every charismatic Pentecostal preacher does. They were, they were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in a language they never learned. I love the verse 2. It says to be, uh, to be in the equipped. The word is palero, which means filled inwardly. And in verse 4, it's, uh, oh no, that's in verse 2, but in verse 4 it means plethro, which means filled outwardly or furnished and equipped. This was the anointing of the Spirit for ministry. Every believer needs the filling of the Spirit both inwardly for life and outwardly for ministry. Well, if you ever wondered if you are called to ministry, that just gave you the answer. Because do we believe everyone should be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, which means you are getting equipped to what? For ministry. What does ministry look like? Doing the work of the kingdom. Come on. God, you're so good. It's interesting. I, he, after I read Acts 2, he said, really clear, he says, Kevin, don't get caught up 
in chapter two like you always do. I'm like, what? Just don't get caught up in chapter two. Chapter two is amazing. He wasn't, God loves chapter two, I'm sure. But he was saying, what is it unto? What is it unto? We get so excited. Yes, fill me with baptism. Fill me, fill me, fill me. Next week, fill me again. No, fill me again. No, let me, oh, did it fall that time? Or did I tingle that time? Fill me, fill me. What is it unto? What are you burning for? Man, I believe when we first get saved, when we first get filled with the Spirit, there is times where, yes, and, and throughout life, it is good just to be, ah, oh, filled with the Spirit. This is so good. I just dwell with the Lord. But then what is it unto? Because the disciples didn't just sit around in the upper room. They went for it. Because they burned with something they wanted to give away. They burned with the reality of heaven. You know what? We read it because we know, we know the story. But if you read it, it's crazy. I was telling somebody um, today, it's like, so often sometimes I feel like we're crazy charismatics. Oh, somebody had a vision. Oh, somebody had this. Oh, here. You guys, you read the full book of Acts? We're normal. We're actually under normal. We need to get more fired up. Like literally, they're like, oh, which way to go? Oh, he had in a, I love in the passion, like an ecstatic vision and open boom, and then they went the other way. Come on. Right? Come on. We need to have an expectation. We need an expectation. Okay. We need to have the response like the disciples. I'm not going to, for sake of time, I'm just going to skip down to, uh, you know, when the disciples, they get persecuted, they get in trouble in, in, chapter, uh, in um, chapter 4, and then we all know um, the saying, and then they prayed for boldness. You guys, I'm already hearing stuff. Oh, this is going to happen in the fall. This is going to happen in the fall. This is, come on, church. We need to pray like the disciples did. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. In the King James Version, that's boldness. You guys, this is the time where there are so many people so scared. Like Brent said, and I've been, ever since he said it, I see it everywhere now. It's so weird. People driving in their cars by themselves with a mask on. Not don't want to offend anyone if you do that. I don't know if you can save yourself from yourself. But seriously, you guys, we need the boldness back in the church. I don't want to get political, but I don't know if you guys, uh, you saw the, the, the RNC, it's the Republican National, whatever. Jeremiah Johnson released a response. He says, oh my goodness, that just, that just made us, the American church, look bad. Because they freely, in front of world news media, they declared that abortion is wrong. They declared so many truths. They declared that Jesus Christ is Lord from the front. And they weren't worried about it. And guess what, you guys? I'm telling you, there's something happening. Because the response was good. No, no, no. I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into some stuff. But you, you go look for truth. It's amazing. Pole shifted. Why? Because they want truth. They want truth. Oh, I have to. Lord just reminded something. I didn't have this in my notes. I was reading this morning. Acts 28. Sorry, guys, that are going to... It's Acts 28, if you want to... Oh, boy. It's windy. There it is. Ah. Acts 28. This has just hit me this morning. Um, so you guys all know when the shipwreck, right? Well, if you don't know, you should know. Find out. Read the Bible. No. Paul was shipwrecked, right? 
He was going, trying to get to Rome, and they were going to kill every, all the prisoners, but instead they weren't, right? But so they made it to this place called Malta. I'll start chapter 1, verse 28, just because I didn't prepare this. After we safely reached the land, we discovered that the island we were on was Malta. The people who lived there showed us extreme, extraordinary kindness, is the Passion Translation, for they welcomed us around the fire, and they had built because it was cold and rainy. When Paul had gathered an armful of brushwood and was setting it on the fire, a venomous snake was driven out by the heat and latched onto Paul's hands with its fangs. Now listen to what they said. When the islanders saw the snake dangling from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt about it, this guy is a murderer. Even though he escaped death at sea, justice has now caught up with him. When I read that this morning, the Lord said, stop, church. tell the church to stop declaring like these guys did. Because they instantly found fault. The first response was, oh, he must be a murderer. He must be bad. And let's just switch to another media to hear something else. Let's just hear that because we like to hear that. Because there's something about hearing bad news that some, for some reason we're like, whoa, yeah, we can agree with that. I only see the bad side. You guys, God knew differently. We know differently because we've read the story. But if you didn't read past that, you would have been like, oh, Paul's about to die. He must be bad. Right? Right? But instead, what does it say? But Paul shook the snake off, flung it into the fire, and suffered no harm at all. Wait a minute. No, no, no. He was a murderer. Wait a minute. Then you read on. They're like, all of a sudden, think he's God all of a sudden. Come on, you guys. Let's realize something. The world is so fickle. That's why, what did I say? He's the truth. He's the way. We have to focus on Jesus, or else we're going to stir back and forth. Oh, he's bad. No, he's good. He's bad. He's no good. Oh, guys. Remember way back, we got all excited because Kanye got saved? Let's still be excited for him and pray for him. Yeah, I don't even know where he's up and down now, but who, he's a new believer. You guys stop putting things on a guy that's a new believer. The same stuff you're putting on yourself that's been saved 40 years. No, you guys, he's walking out his salvation. What does it say? We continually walk out our salvation. I'm walking my salvation out. Man, if we, if we threw... If we were as intense and judgmental on ourselves as we are on some people in the media, man, we'd be, we must, we'd be swapping down every day because we know ourselves. Ooh. Ooh, I'm having fun today. <laughs> we need to expect the supernatural. We need to expect um, the supernatural intervention. Acts 5, 18 to 21. So they had the apostles arrested, placed in chains, and thrown into jail. But during the night, the Lord sent an angel who appeared before them supernaturally, opened their prison doors, and brought the apostles outside. Go, the angel told them. Stand in the temple courts and preach the words that bring life. So early that morning, they entered the temple courts and taught the people. The high priests and the officials, unaware of what their supernatural release. That's the word the Bible used, okay? So we can stop being scared. Well, we're not here at Windward, but we don't have to be worried when we tell people that word supernatural. We don't have to hide it. God is supernatural. There's a spirit realm. And you know what? The world may not understand it, but they know it's there. They're actually more unafraid to talk about it than we are because we are so scared of looking weird. Right? Ooh. <laughs> Convened the members of the Supreme Council, they sent for the apostles to be brought to them from the prison 
We need to live and expect God to move for us. No, but you need that expectation. If there's a situation in your life, it's so... I don't have all the answers. I hardly have any answers. But there's something about how the kingdom works. Like I said before, when we focus on him, things just make sense. And it's like cliche when we say that. But it's true. When we go... Oh, my, my world's falling apart. This is happening. This is happening to my family. Oh, my word, I don't know how to pay the bills. And all of a sudden, we're swirled and we're so confused. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah. Or something happens like, Jesus, so sorry, what happened? And all of a sudden, miracles start happening. We don't always call them miracles because sometimes we forget when we ask to thank. Many times, we're like that leper that got healed that never came back. We need to recognize God is moving constantly even in the small things in our life. He cares. If he cares, it says, the word says he cares about the birds of the air. How much more does he care about you? Mm, God is good. We need to live expecting that supernatural. We need to live in that realm of eternity. We need to realize that we sometimes, we need to actually, you know what? We need to dwell and understand eternity a little better. Because one of our big, oh, this is my thing, one, this is my personal opinion. I think one of our problems in the church is that we forget about eternity, so we think that God, Jesus hasn't come back for a long, long time. But in the realm of eternity, dude, you guys, this hasn't been very long. You have to remember God's perspective. This is the same God that spoke and said the Israelites would be in captivity in Egypt for 400 years. He spoke that 400 years. Man, that means that if you, you're prophesying, Lord, the freedom's coming. That's 400 years. And you're, and you're right. It was coming. And I don't want to go into that whole thought, but if you actually find out, Moses tried to do it early. Remember when he kills the Egyptian? He couldn't because it wasn't time. But we need to know, God, what is the time now? What are you supposed to be doing? What is when we're supposed to do? What are you personally supposed to be doing? Because then you're in the divine order. You're in his presence. You're in that place. And things just come together. It's such a simple verse. Whoever grew up, all those who grew up in the church, we've heard this so many times. But I want to declare it over you guys in this hour. Matthew 6.34. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Why? Because tomorrow will take care of itself. Who, we all know that so many of us <laughs> have worried about things that never happen. I have spent so much energy. Dude, what's the easiest lie? I'll tell you, let's be honest, all day yesterday, the Lord kept saying, I'm mean, not the Lord, the enemies, all I heard all day yesterday, Kevin, you're not prepared, you're not done, it's nothing's going to happen tomorrow, he's not going to show up, da 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 da. I'm glad I've learned that it's not the Lord's voice. And I'm like, but I'm telling you, it still wasn't that easy. It was a choice to constantly go, oh, no, let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. And he lost. He lost. Why? Because if we don't worry about it, it's like, we create so much. We create so much in our minds that aren't even happening. We all know that. So don't worry. Let's make sure he's upon that throne. Let's make sure that we agree with God when he says, I'm king. <laughs> Come on. It's so simple, but I, so often I don't think we remember. Because if we did, if we truly believe he's king, we can't worry. When we truly believe in what he says he is, 
and what he's going to do and what he has done. Nothing can stop us. Um, you want to... <laughs> I don't have much time here, so I just want to, I want to plug something here. We have a school coming up. Woo! It's called Winsome. We're very excited about it, church. We're very excited. Those who are watching. You know what I'm more excited? We're going to, the school Winsome is a school of ministry. We want to prepare people. But the number one thing, we were just on a, uh, it's with Bethel curriculum, so we were on a phone call with the, the guy that runs the, the outside Bethel schools, and he kept on running to bring up, which we, taught, we actually understood already. But I just tell the people their identity. They need to know who they are. Why? Because when you know who you are, and it's so simple. I'm, you'll hear this, either the first night or the second night we meet, it depends who's sharing what. I'm going to bring up this. You're going to hear this again. If you're at the school, we're here. We're going to push so hard that you know who you are. And if you think you already know who you are, then the school's not for you. Because you're not here to learn then. Because you can be a believer for 80 years, and it's still a walk. Because when you really know who you are, when you really, really know, things just change. I'm not saying you don't know partly who you are in Christ. I'm saying, but it's the more we are engraved in understanding that you are a walking ambassador of the kingdom. When you know that you bring heaven, when you know that when you're, when you start expecting, you know what starts changing when you're expecting is that you're not even worried about looking for the person to heal when you want to expect to be like Peter and is that his, your shadow can heal. Oh, that's crazy. That was back in me. No, Why? If you study the book of Acts, it never ended. There is no end to Acts. We are still living in the days of Acts. And God wants us to know. So I'm letting you know, we're starting on the 16th. It's going to be incredible. We have, we're going to have live teachings here. And then we're going to, we're going to have lots of equipping, lots of different module stuff that we'll actually have that you get, uh, that we grow. I want people to grow in their, in their, in their walk with the Lord. And we're going to push. We're going to do evangelism. We want to see people move in signs and wonders because everyone can. There's a whole side. I'm really excited. Bethel has done so well. So we actually will give every student that comes, they'll be able to log on. And you actually will do stuff at home too. There's, over, there's, there's tons of stuff we can put on there. And so we want a school with discussion. We want a school. If, we want people to actually be a part of it. It's not coming on a Wednesday night and you're going to sit there and then you're going to sit there and then you're going to sit there and you're going to walk out. No. We're having, don't come to the school unless you want to actually grow. Because we're going to have expectation that you want to do something. You actually want to be a part of his army. You want to actually be empowered to go forth. Just let you know it's amazing. Check it out. It's on our website. Acts 3, 1 to 10. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for three o'clock prayer, and as they came to the entrance called Beautiful Gate, they captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried in place at the entrance to, to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. But what? We all know this. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. 
Peter held out his hand to the crippled man as he pulled the feet man to his feet. Suddenly, power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped and stood there for a moment, stunned, and they began to walk around. And as they went to the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted, praising to God. Then other people see it. You guys, that's our job. Don't allow your financial situation, don't allow things in your life to be a stumbling block. They didn't have money. They just told them, I don't have money to give you, but I know what I carry. I carry my citizenship, not from Rome back then, but of heaven. And as a citizen of heaven, I have the answer for you. And they prayed. And I could do, you could teach and break that down, but it's interesting you read that. The surge of power didn't even just come when they spoke it. It's when they grabbed him. They chose not just to be words, they chose with action. And some of us today need to choose an action. We did it down in the prayer room, but I feel like you can do it here, you can do it anywhere, but you actually need to choose to get out of looking at the arrows, getting memorized by the arrows, and choose to get your focus back on Jesus. And that's not condemnation. That's exciting. This is an opportunity to get excited like the, you were for the Canucks. But guess what? God doesn't let you down. Game seven, he wins. No. Just to be honest, I didn't have expectation for them to really win. But I have expectation for you guys that God's going to move in your lives. You guys want to stand? I'm going to get these guys. We're going to sing Yours is the Kingdom. I want to go back into that because that was so powerful. Because we're declaring Yours is the Kingdom. Yours is the power. Come on. It's Him. Let's focus on Him. But I want to exhort you guys. Believe that God is about to move on your behalf. Believe and declare you're like Joshua and Caleb. Come on, I brought that up last time. Are you going to choose to say that that promised land is for now, or are you going to be like the others? I didn't bring it up last time, but somebody phoned me and said, Kevin, I heard your message. You forgot to tell them something. And I'm like, I didn't want to tell them. You just go further. What happened to the other 10 spies? They got removed. No. Now, am I saying God's going to kill you if you're not in a good place? No. What I am saying, there's something, there's a blessing over those. I actually firmly believe that those who choose in this hour to rise above, not to get caught up, to be on wings of, uh, like an eagle, to fly above, to be on the foundation of the Lord, I believe you're going to come out of the season way further and farther than you ever could imagine. There was a prophet that, if you, take this as you want, there was a prophet down in the States that literally a few, about a month or so ago, had a visitation with Jesus. Take it as you want. But you know what Jesus told him? One of the most important things he said, go tell my church they're doing better than they think they are. They're doing better than they think they are. And he told them, you know what the, you know what the strategy of the enemy is right now? Whispering in the ear of the, my, my believers that you're not good enough. You're not there enough. So break it off. So I declare over you windward right now. I declare over you, you're doing much better than you think you are. He's calling you higher to a higher standard. He's calling you to the place that he sees you. He's saying, will you look at yourself the way I see you? 
Will you choose to break off the lies? Will you choose to accept what I did for you at the cross? Do you accept that I can make and have made you whole? Come on. Let's sing this, you guys, with all our hearts and minds. Bless you guys. You guys are incredible. We love you. We're going to have a ministry team up here afterwards if you want work, prayers. But let's go on in victory today. Let's go off in offense today, not defense, offense today. Let's be known. Let people talk about us like those are the people that have been with Jesus. Those are the people that have turned the world upside down. Come on. That's you guys. Thank you.